0: Good morning, Northgate, um, and anyone else who may be watching, my name is Caleb Schilke. Um I am the son of Pastor Dan Shilkey, and I'm going to be sharing with um, you all this morning. Um, I hope you're doing well. Um, we're going to be sharing today about discipleship from the book of John, um, John chapter 1. Um, last week, Jim Tizik preached a message on going, um, the Great Commission. He preached out of Matthew chapter Twenty um, verses sixteen through eighteen about going the command that Jesus has called us to go and and to reach people and while listening to Jim's sermon I I thought it would be maybe helpful um, and and just ideas that came to my mind of of ways that um, could include um, discipleship so as we go and and bring people and share how can we disciple them as well and so just a few points that I've learned from the book of John in my study. Um, And I also hope will be helpful for you too, as well today. But let's just pray. Um, Dear Lord, thank you for this day, Father. Thank you for um, your word, God. Thank you for the power it has to change, to shape and to transform our lives, Lord. I pray for those right now um, watching and and those listening. God, I pray you'd be with them, Lord. I pray, Father, for um, our world, Lord, in the midst of this pandemic, Father, I pray for, God, your peace to rest in in the hearts of those that trust you, Father. I pray for those that, um, God, are lonely, God, those who are suffering, Lord. We pray for um, your deliverance, God. We pray for your healing, Lord. We trust you with with all things, God. We pray for this word today, Father. I pray um, that you would just speak to us, Lord, that it would speak well, um, God, that it would just be your words, Father, and that ultimately would give you glory, Lord. And so we just pray these things in your name. Amen. So we're going to be reading out of John chapter 1 today, uh, verses um, 35 through 42. Um, to give a bit of backdrop on this book, the uh, Gospel of John was written by what um, uh, many scholars think is John the Apostle, a disciple of Jesus, um, who's often referred um, or speculated as being referred to as the beloved disciple um, or the unnamed disciple in this book. And so we see um, that this book is written um, often is written as... Uh, an account of the words often more of jesus we see a lot of words we see a lot of teachings of jesus in this book we see um, an emphasis on jesus's divinity um, being the son of god um, who has a very close and personal relationship with, who's, with his father who is one with his father um, this is often the book that many christians will receive when their first come to christ we'll see um, because it's a very um, evangelistic book in a sense and so we're going to read about um, discipleship and how Jesus disciples people and, and ways that um, that we can also learn and, and apply that today. And so maybe as a bit of a backdrop, we see um, we see a time in history right now in, in Judea, in first century Palestine, um, where there is a lot of tension. We see tension of the Roman government where there's heavy taxes imposed upon the people um, by tax collectors, by centurions. We see... Um, a debate in in the law. We see fair um, we see schools. Sorry, we see schools of Pharisees debating on on passages of the Torah. Um, we see different followings of different groups of people. Um, we see um, even sects such as the Essene, um, a more monastic sect that is um, in the wilderness and separated itself from um, the world, believing it is so polluted. So um, so wrought in sin and often overlying all of this, there's an expectation for God to come as he's spoken through the prophets, through Malachi, through um, Ezekiel, through Isaiah, that God will come and restore his people again. We see John the Baptist as this um, very radical figure um, of revival. We see um, someone who's in the wilderness, who's baptizing people, who's calling out the religious leaders for their um yeah, for their corruption, for their their trust in being a son of Abraham, when yet God requires something of the heart, we see um, John is somebody who is so radical that he's thrown in jail actually by Herod, um, the king, for his calling out of sin. We see um, many people go to John. We see people baptized. We see um, people becoming morally and and ceremonially cleansed, and that's from the Old Testament in Leviticus and, and Numbers. We see. Um, John is speaking of a forerunner. He's saying there will be somebody who will come, um, who will baptize you in the Holy Spirit. And in, and we see um, there is probably a, a great expectation of that. We see John bears witness of Jesus in uh, verse twenty nine through thirty four of the Gospel of John. We see John, um, John the Baptist, um, referencing to Jesus, saying I. I didn't know who it would be, but I saw the Holy Spirit descend. And now I know that this is the Son of God. And so as we read, we see this um, intensity build where there's this expectation. Well, what is he going to do? Is he going to be um, even more radical than John the Baptist? What will that look like? And so in, in this time of, of these different factors, we're going to see how Jesus enters in, how he's, how John the Baptist bears witness to him and how Jesus disciples um, people. And we'll also learn um, how we can disciple others in that way. So we see in verse 35, if you want to follow along um, the next day, John was standing with two of his disciples and he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, behold, the lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, what are you seeking? And they said to him, rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, come and you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying and they stayed with him that day. For it was about the 10th hour. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother Simon and said to him, we have found the Messiah, which means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. And so we're going to go through this story and we're going to try to pull out some things looking at the historical background of the book um in in determining how we can apply um what's in this text it seems like a pretty simple story but i i hope that we can all grow in in studying this text so we see first that john is um john is a teacher he has two disciples with him we see john is somebody who um points out jesus who says behold the lamb of god um we see um that two disciples start following jesus we see they stay with jesus we see um, that the two disciples who stay, who were of John, but now seem to be of Jesus, like call uh, another person. Actually, Andrew calls his brother Simon to Jesus, since and, and Jesus gives this this man Simon a new name, or rather a nickname. And so we ask ourselves, what does this mean? How how does this reflect to our own discipleship of people in our lives? And and maybe it can be difficult to imagine yourself as a rabbi or as radical as John the Baptist or. obviously we can't be Jesus. So like, how are we going (laughs) to figure that out? But, um, we see that John is pointing to Jesus. And that's the first thing he does is that when he sees Jesus walk by, he does not hesitate. And he says, look, there's the lamb of God. And so for maybe the first century Jews right now, the lamb of God has to do with Passover. Um, maybe you're familiar with the um, story of Israel exiting out of Egypt and, and the Passover lamb was very symbolic. Um, and that it was uh the sacrificial lamb which led to Israel being covered um while the angel of death went and defeated the Egyptians, ultimately leading to Israel's deliverance. So we see John um does not hesitate to reveal and to point out what he knows about Jesus. Um and so in our own lives, um, maybe to start is to recognize that, you know, ultimately what we want to do is is bear witness um to Jesus and ultimately our our hope and our goal is to bear witness to who jesus is and and so we could ask ourselves well how do i bear witness what does that look like um and i would suggest that bearing witnesses can often be this idea of focusing on jesus and focusing on on what he's given us and and, in imitating him in his life and and having forgiveness for ourselves and for each other through his death recognizing jesus has died for our sins and in that we can forgive ourselves and forgive those around us and and in the resurrection power of His life, we we can live and and bear witness to the fact that we don't have to stay stuck in our sin. We don't have to stay stuck in our situations always. That you know, Jesus gives us the power to push through. That He gives us the power to actually overcome our sin and to to pray and to have boldness to pray for things. Um, um, specifically, maybe things that you're struggling with in this time to to work through. And that you know, there's a power in you that. God has given you to overcome things like depression or overcome things like um, anxiety or, or worry or even, you know, things that may be even out of our control. And not to say that those are all spiritual, of course, there is um, a lot of medicinal help in those areas, but to understand that Christ has given us power all the same. And so um, we see John remarks at Jesus' presence and, and pointing it out. And in our conversations and in the things that we see people do, how we can bear witness. Um, and maybe that's not always going up to somebody and saying, do you know Jesus? But living in that way that Jesus has called us to live is bearing witness to it. It's believing that, you know, that we can be forgiven because Jesus has died. And so I can forgive the coworker or the person who did cause offense to me or did um, speak bad about me or or even, yeah, in whatever area that would be. And so we see that is bearing a witness. And we see um, John is um, showing that witness and revealing to his disciples that they should go to Jesus. Um, and so the disciples go to Jesus and they start following him and Jesus asks them, what are you seeking? What are you, what are you following me for? Um, and it's, and it's very interesting that he would ask, why are you, what are you seeking? Um, because it seems like they're following him. But, um, at the same time we see, um, Jesus is, is asking, what are you, what are you following? What are you seeking in this, in this, in this purpose of following me? And, and that's something you'll see throughout the book of John as you read that Jesus, and, and throughout most of the gospel or all the gospels actually, where um, Jesus is is interested in the in the in in the purpose. Why are you seeking me? What are you what are you looking to get? Um, for the rich young man, like what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus Jesus gets to the heart of the matter. Um, for those that are following him for his miracles, he he's often in the book of John at least posing these hard sayings and questions. Um, that are hard to understand because he's looking for people who will diligently seek um, who are seeking for a desire to to know him and and not just to gain from him and so in that you know people will see um, for those that are seeking and and will see that there is a witness they they will um, maybe ask questions about that Um, for those that are seeking and those who do remark on those things and, and the impact you have in being a witness that people will will seek and will follow as the disciples follow Jesus, as those who are already seeking. Um, we see from the way that they're following John the Baptist that they're seeking for something. Um, they're seeking for something more than what they're currently living in. Um, and then they start following Jesus, and, and Jesus wanting to get to the question of the heart um, in the same way that we are um, to ask, what are you seeking for? Um, what are the things that you want to know? Are, are you seeking Jesus? Why are you seeking um, for the witness that has been brought forth maybe by actions or conversations, but what are you seeking Jesus for? Um, and so even to understand that into um, what the disciples say in response is, um, to Jesus, um, where are you staying? And it's a very indirect way in the ancient Near Eastern culture of asking, um, can we come over? <laughs> and Jesus responds accordingly by saying, come and see, um, another indirect way of saying, yeah, like you can come. Um, and so we see um that it is that they desire to to stay with Jesus, and it says actually they stayed with him that day. Um, and so we see when when people are seeking Jesus, and and when they're seeking from a place of wanting to to seek and to know, and they and they've seen the witness that you've presented and and they're seeking Jesus. That the first thing we want to do is we want to get them in relationship with, um, or sorry, not in relationship. We want them to be with Jesus. So um, maybe they've professed. Faith, maybe they want to accept jesus maybe they just have questions but i would encourage you in that place of somebody who's maybe seeking to 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 together with that person seek jesus together in that um, or seek jesus together and so um, ways that we remember and seek jesus we we often seek him by studying the word or reading the word we seek him in prayer we seek him in in spiritual disciplines like fasting or um yeah and we seek him in community and being with one another and taking communion And so in that practice, those things with that person who's seeking saying, this is, this is how we, this is, oh, these are ways to seek Jesus that he's given us. Um, and and maybe there are ways that you can think of that you personally seek him maybe through nature or, or, um, reflecting on the beauty of God's creation and, and meditating on scripture and, and meditating on the things around and saying, Wow, look at what God's done. And, but I would encourage you in somebody who's seeking to, to seek, um, to be with them in that process and, and to spend time with Jesus and to invest time into Jesus with that person so that they can grow in knowing who Jesus is. Um, and then we see from that, that uh, the disciples who did spend time with Jesus, that Andrew goes and gets Peter and brings him to Jesus. And, and so in that we see um, that Andrew shares, we have found the Messiah. So um, Andrew actually is sharing what he has found in seeking Jesus, that as he spent time with Jesus, he's recognized he is the Messiah and he wants to bring Peter into that. And so often a way um, that you can, you know, um, in discipleship is share what you have found about Jesus. What are the things that you have learned about Jesus? How can you share that with one another? How, how can we build each other up by sharing? Oh, this is what I've discovered. This is what Jesus has taught me. And, and the person who is being discipled and, and maybe even sharing with your family members or, or people who don't believe, like what has Jesus taught you specifically? and and how can you share that and and sometimes we have this program of evangelism of of what it ought to you know the questions the right questions we need to ask um like where are you going when you die do you know when you're going but i think what we see here is andrew is is so excited to bring simon to jesus because he recognizes something about jesus and so in that place um of discipleship that we are just called to share what is jesus commanded what is what are the things that we've learned about him how can we share that his in his life and Um, recognize what he's done ultimately for us in his death and resurrection but the things that he's also taught us how can we teach that to others Um, and so we see that and and we see simon is brought to jesus and and jesus um, looks at simon and he says you are simon son of john but you shall be called cephas and and cephas is the aramaic for um, peter and peter is the greek word Um, but we see ultimately that jesus is giving um, simon a name change he's switching his name around and so we could ask ourselves, well, what what does a name change mean? Why does he change his name? And and maybe there are several reasons. And but maybe just looking at it in a more general way of saying, well, what does a name change mean? Um, and so we look back in our Bibles and we think, okay, what are the where are the times that there's been name changes? What are some big name changes in the Bible? And maybe you're thinking of Abram, whose name was changed to Abraham um, because he would become a father of many nations and because God had made a covenant with him. Um, we see Sarah changed, or Sarah, sorry, changed to Sarah. Um, also with the same idea, we see Jacob's name is changed to Israel, um, in in that he has wrestled with God and prevailed, and and we see God now refers to the nation as the nation of Israel. Out of that name change, we see, um, you know, Naomi change her name to Mara out of this bitterness, out of this new position she's been in of sorrow, and um, because of the things that have happened, she says, "Don't call me Naomi, call call me Mara." Um, which means bitter, um, and so we see different times of name changes often have to do with maybe a new relationship or a new position, um, or even a covenant, as we see with Abraham that's established. Um, and so we see um, a name change is this idea of identity often in in the Hebrew, um, in the Hebrew mindset, in the Hebrew culture, a name change was pretty significant to you because it was often um, a way of of identifying who you were or, or a major characteristic we see. You know Jacob was known as um, deceiver, heel grabber, because as a baby, he grabbed Esau, whose name um, means hairy or red. I think Esau, either one, I've heard it both, but um, you see that it's often identified um, or they're identified based off of certain things. And so we see that Jesus is changing his name to um, Cephas or, or Peter. And it's for a specific reason, because as he is, is brought into relationship with Jesus and, and maybe even becomes a disciple at that point. We don't know necessarily if, if that was an introductory meeting or, or maybe even after um, Jesus had called them out of their boats or maybe that was happened before and then after. But um, we see um, ultimately Jesus is, is describing him in a new way and and the disciples will follow suit and call Simon Peter as well, often um, in the Bible. We know Paul refers to Simon as Cephas in one of his letters, Um and, and this idea of, of, of keeping that identity and keeping that new name. And so um, maybe as a final application, as, you know, as somebody is discipled and as we're discipling in, in the church and, and through relationship to continually affirm the new position or new place that we're in in relationship with Jesus. Um, in the church, we, we know that we are, we're called to a new identity. Um, we're called to a new, um, a new place, a new position. We are no longer um, as we were. Um, Paul will, will say that again and again in his letters. You are no longer children of of, of darkness, but children of light; or sons of darkness, but um, but now sons of light. Um, or brought from your old ways into the new man. We see always this transition, and so in that, um, just affirm that in one another. Speak that over each other. Speak of the new identity that we have in Jesus, and, and maybe that means encouraging somebody who is feeling guilty about things and saying, "No, you you have a new position. You're you're no longer." Um, judged for that but Christ has taken that um, upon himself and so you don't need to live in the shameful place that you're in or maybe it's to exhort and say hey you need to pick up this a little bit because or maybe you need to stop practicing that sin because Christ has called us to be holy as he is holy and so in the church we're, we're called to affirm this new identity over each other as the disciples would have called Simon you know Cephas or, or Peter just reminded of that of this new relationship, this new identity that he has, that Jesus has has given him. And so in the same way, how can we do that with one another? And so these are some of the points from this passage um, that I've pulled out. Um, maybe in review that there is a witness and, and that witness can be through our lives, that can be through our conversations, through our actions, bearing light, um, pointing to Jesus um, for those that are seeking that they will follow and in, in to, in to meet them in that place. Ask them, why are you? what are you seeking for? What are you looking for? What are the things that you are looking for um, in your life, and and then introduce them to Jesus. Practice spending time with Jesus. Spend time with Jesus with that person. Introduce them to the, the ways that you have sought Jesus. Ultimately, remembering to point them to Jesus and to build their own relationship with Him. Of course, but to do it together. Um, to not you know send them off by themselves and say oh you know you know go spend time with Jesus by yourself and maybe they may not know how. And so even to practice that with them to. To be in community and to seek Jesus together as a way of building that. Um, and then in that, share the things that Jesus has shared that you've learned from Jesus. Share that with, you know, your believing friends or share that maybe with unbelievers or things that they've done that maybe have, have reminded you of things that God has taught you. Um, and then in that, also to affirm one another. Affirm your new position in Jesus. Exhort each other um, to to walk in this new life that they have. Um, as believers, remind each other of this new identity that you've been given. Um, all together as believers, that we are all under Christ, and that Christ, what He's done for us, is incredible. And and there's a new life that we now live in Him. Um, and so, those are some aspects and points um, about discipleship that we see Jesus is practicing here, um, and and that His disciples are practicing. And and I pray um, that in this, maybe. This seems like a lot, but hopefully, maybe even just one of those things would stick out, and that we would be able to apply that into our lives. And so, I'm just going to close in prayer. Lord, I thank you for your word, God. I thank you for um, the way that it speaks, Father. I pray um, in our own lives we would take more time to meditate, to to engage ourselves with your word, to learn and to grow from it. Um, God, I just pray for um, those that have listened. God, I pray that um, yeah, your Holy Spirit would would work um, in their hearts and in their lives, God. We we know that your spirit um, convicts us, guides us, leads us into truth, Father. And so I just pray that each one of us would be be led into that truth. Um, I thank you for this day, God. I thank you for the things that you have created and made, Lord, and, and that just speak of who you are. Um, yeah, we just pray all these things in your name. Amen. Thank you for watching and have a great day.